Hey, this is Eric Stanglin from Mixtapes. Welcome to the show. My next guest is the podcast host of UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling-related podcast. He has a couple other podcasts also, which we're going to learn all about today. Welcome to the show, Mr. Luke Jennings. How are you doing today, sir? Hello, I'm doing very well, thank you. A pleasure being here. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping on the show. Uh, first question I always ask, it's usually to you know music guests, but, but I had our good buddy on... Uh, Mr. Uh, Joe from OVP, and uh, I wanted to ask you, what was your first wrestling memory? Uh, 1990, um, a couple of days after the Survivor Series, uh, I was four years old. Um, a friend of my parents had Sky. He was a very tall, well, I was obviously I was little and he was tall, but for some reason my mum called him The Undertaker. Um, <laughs> he had no, no resemblance whatsoever to the character of the undertaker but we um we borrowed the tag i think mum younger she was born in the 60s so she remembered like the world of sport days and she was a fan of wrestling same as dad um yeah and then watched it from there and then that was it i've been hooked since 1990 so 34 years uh <laughs> so 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 wwf was the first one that you saw then yeah, we have um, Sky in the UK. Um, WWF was on there a lot. Uh, we also had um, WCW Saturday Night. We had it at, um, it was on ITV, and it was on about one or two o'clock in the morning. It wasn't live. I think it was like a couple of weeks behind. Okay. But it was on like one or two o'clock in the morning, and it was on. Bef- it was either on before or after American Gladiators. Um, oh. So you'd sort of tape one and then tape the other one. Um, that wasn't on for very long, I don't think, over here. But yeah, predominantly, I'm a WWF guy. Um, of Over the years, I've become a fan of basically everything, really. Um, yeah, there's a whole variety of wrestling, which I'm sure we'll get into, that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, basically. So. so living across the pond, how did you get into classic wrestling um did they play it on shows did you tape trade did you have to wait until the internet and like things like youtube and stuff like that like how'd you get into like how'd you get into something like memphis and like the territories um we had a video released here i don't know if it was released here i don't know if it was just here or if it was everywhere but i found it in a charity shop uh i think you guys call them like a thrift store um there was a red uswa renegades rampage um and it was the from the late eight, I think it was when USWA had taken over world class. Okay. Um, so they were running the sport, sport, the sport, tor, sport, tor, sportatorium, and they but they were using like Steve Austin, Chris Adams, and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and though that was, I found that, and then it was a, the age of the internet, so you could go, who's Steve Austin? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he did, he did, he was in WCW, he was in Memphis, and then we, um, Obviously, the, we had the boom in the 90s, and we had Jerry Lawler. So you'd go, who's Jerry Lawler? Jerry Lawler, Memphis. Oh, okay. Like, but we had no, as far as I'm aware, we had no uh, footage of Memphis ever in this country, um, apart from that. I know we had, in the middle 2000s, we had a, re- a channel called the Wrestling Channel, which was a big deal at the time here in the UK. Um, but they never showed any Memphis. They just showed um, CCW, IWA Mid-South, uh, sort of the, the 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 top indies of the of the mid two thousands. Um, we also had uh, WWE Classic, WF Classics, where they'd showed um, 
early 90s WCW. So again, that was, um, I got into that. Yeah, tape trading, I did a bit in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, again, where you'd find ECW, uh, Japan, uh, sort of the hardcore Japan, not just New Japan, but you'd find sort of the FMWs and all those kind of things as well. Right, right. Um, did you... <laughs> So how did you get into podcasting? What made you want to, I mean, were you listening to wrestling podcasts and thinking like I could do this or, you know, was there like a specific, cause you started with Memphis, right? That was the first thing you had done. No, I've done um, Memphis is my third or fourth. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, originally I used to do a thing called, um, I, I had sort of a, a wrestling alter ego as a uh, flash uh, he was from like New York City. I was an only child for all my growing up. I've I've got an eighteen year old brother, but for my for my sort of growing up years, I was a lonely child. Lived in the middle of nowhere. Um, wrestled. I had one of those um, Ultimate Warrior plush dolls. Yeah, yeah, wrestle. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had like an alter ego, and then I used to the WWE classics that was on. I used to basically watch it and review it, write it down, and then. How it wasn't really a blog, but I'd, we had a thing over here called the um, UK Fan Forum. Um, now it's turned into a sewer of just idiots. But back I'm in sure. the day, it used to be quite good. You could sort of share um, bit tidbits and everything about wrestling. And I used to post it on there. And then I started podcasting um, five or six years ago, maybe. Okay. Longer. I can't remember what the first one was I did. I think it was I used to do... So on a certain day, I would watch wrestling from that day in history, kind of talk about that. Uh, had a very basic microphone um, that was on Amazon. I just used to sort of sit there and hold it like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> right. But I sort of pressured myself into doing it and I didn't enjoy doing it. So I stopped it. And then I thought, then a couple of months went by. I was like, oh, I miss doing it. So I did, an, I think I did a, um, like a death match wrestling one. And there's only so many times you can see a man getting smashed over the head with light tubes that you get excited about it. Sure. Um, so again, got sort of cheesed off with it. And then I started the Memphis one off. Yeah, I think it was before COVID, I think I started. And then I did it once every couple of weeks. And again, I was doing, so if it was April the 15th, I'd do a show from April the 15th in, in history. And then I did it every couple of weeks and then I was, I started to enjoy it and I enjoyed it properly. Right. Um, and then, then, yeah, I haven't, I had, there was a brief period where I stopped when my wife was ill. She was ill for a, a couple of years ago. Um, my sort of attention turned to her Yeah. and then as she started getting better, I was like, right, I want to get back into this. Um, and then I joined the, I'm with the place to be wrestling network, um, I've also got a feed with uh, WrestleCobia, Ray Russell. He does a lot of great stuff. He just, but they just help sort of promote it because I was doing it myself. As you know, recording's easy. Right. It's the, the the sort of the shilling you have to do. You have to go on Twitter. You have to go on Facebook. You have to sort of find the group, you know, a certain group of people that you think will like this. Um, you're sort of you're okay because you're talking about music and everyone likes music. But I'm it's still a tough, niche though. within a niche. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I, it's yeah, still yeah, tough, I can imagine. Though. Like, but think about talking... how many musicians there are, right? Like, there's a ton of musicians, well, you know, yeah. a ton of bands. It's, yeah. it's it's the same type of thing, right? So, so continue. So you're so you're trying to kind of you know weed your way to to get your audience, and you're doing a lot of that yourself. And then 
you know, these, these, you know, uh, would you call them what, like podcast hosts, maybe like place to be, or just like yeah, the uh, networks, um, yeah. place to be, they've got a lot of stuff. Um, they do, I can't remember what they do now. I've mentioned it every week on my podcasts, but they, <laughs> they cover a variety of, um, promotions. They do some current stuff. They do some old stuff. They've also got, um, another network called the North South connection. Um, again, they do wrestling and they do non-wrestling they have a whole stuff plethora of uh, topics and everything so they helped because before um i was trying to do my best to get out to people and you'd sort of get maybe 20 50 listeners which is all right but now if with the help of the network there's a, just a few extra eyes on it because obviously um i'm talking about memphis which in this country i don't think anyone sort of sort of has any admiration for right. there's a certain age bracket of people in the states who remember it um i'm i'm friends with on twitter i'm friends with randy hales he used to be the ring announcer back in the day and he also then ran memphis in the late 90s power pro wrestling he's got his own podcast there's a couple of other guys um there but without the help of a name you struggle to get out there so obviously jim Cornette has a gazillion listeners anything that conrad touches has a gazillion listeners it's very rare that you'd have a podcast without a name to boost yourself but i think i do all right i've i sort of check with um scott is the guy who runs uh north south connection no he doesn't uh place to be sorry and i sort of just email him every couple of months just go is everyone listening you know are the numbers as long as i've got steady numbers if no one's listening there's no point in doing it because sure. it's just like talking to yourself. Well, we're talking to ourselves anyway, and right. just hoping that there's someone at the end of the line going, Oh yeah, it's entertaining. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I think that the wrestling network, you know, especially the indie guys, you know, like you guys, OVP, you know, greetings from Allentown. Like it, it seems like it's like, it's a cool knit community. You know what I mean? Like where you guys talk about each other on your shows, help each other out. And and I think that's something that probably has helped you out also. Because I think I found out – I mean, I think we found out each other through Joe probably, right, from OVP? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I heard him on you, and then I know every, when they used to run their um, weekly shows back in the day before episode 300, every 10 episodes they'd have a break and he would plug um, a few more shows, and one of them shows was mine. Um as that's but that's that's how i've heard from um that's how i got into greetings from allentown through ovp i got into um i used to listen to jim Cornette regularly mm-hmm. and that's how i got into booking the territory yeah um, with mike mills they cover wcw that's how i got into ovp because he would then plug um those guys and it's a it's a cycle i think that helps because we're all in this together. I'm not trying to get more numbers than you. You're not trying to get more numbers. You know, we want to try and help each other. Right. We're not, you know, we're never going to make big bucks. We're never going to be bigger than Conrad or Corny or anyone like that. That's why I like to promote other people and my shows. You know, if there's a, if there's a, I do it at the beginning of a show. Usually I try and sort of get a few names in, but if something comes up in a show that reminds me of Joe and Quinn, I'll go, Oh, OVP. Or if there's something that happens in a show that reminds me of Pete and Keith, Oh, Greetings from Allentown, you know, sort of, there's, it doesn't, I know people are trying to promote their own stuff, but it also helps if you try and promote others because you never know, there could be someone who wants to listen to that, but doesn't know about it. 
So I think, you know, co-promoting, I guess, in a, in a way helps. Yeah, and especially if you like the show, it also makes a big difference too. You know what I mean? I think I think that's the interesting part of it. It's like you're not just promoting shows to promote shows. You're promoting shows that you listen to and you have that connection to. It, how did you – I'm so curious. So you're a big WF guy. How did you get into Memphis and want to do a podcast about it? Um, from what I could see, no one was doing it, basically. There was a – everyone talks about Mid-South. Uh, everyone talks about world-class. It, you know, it gets to the point where – they're a bit, but not they're not boring. But you've heard it so many times, and you know WWF shows are covered to the moon and back by different people. And I just thought Memphis was something different. It's got a rich history of. I don't. I, don't, I try not to go into like the backstage stuff because you know Jerry Jarrett didn't pay such and such, or Jerry Lawler didn't do such and such. I don't. I just try and focus on the in ring. I watch it. Um, as live, there's. I don't watch. I don't pre-watch anything. I don't have time for that. I've got a, a full job. Sure. I don't have time to watch a program and then an hour later watch it again kind of thing. So everything's uh, spontaneous. That's the word I'm looking for, spontaneous. Right. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was something that wasn't covered. And that kind of thought went into, oh, maybe people will listen. Because people, you know, the guys in America fondly remember um, Memphis. I try and post some of the videos on my YouTube channel there's two or three groups I'm in, um, like Kentucky Wrestling and all that kind of stuff. And everyone has fond memories of it, which is great. You know, sometimes people get a bit, uh, um, not necessarily everyone will have a fond memory of world class because of the Von Eriks and all that kind of stuff. And right. some people won't have a fond memory of uh, Mid South because of Bill Watts and his sort of reign of just nastiness that he's had over people and stuff like that. So it just seemed a very happy. You know, you you watch it. Lance and Dave are there. They're smiling. They're happy. They're welcoming everyone in. It just seemed a nice, happy place to be. And yeah, um, yeah it's it's fun to watch. Um, I've seen sort of the start of Coco Beware. Uh, he's I think he started. I don't know when he started, but like you first see him on TV in like 1980, and he's an enhancement talent. And he gets a little push, and he goes away. Then he comes back, and he gets a big push, and he comes back. You know, and the likes of Bobby Eaton. Jimmy Hart, Jim Cornette, um, you know, without Memphis, there wouldn't necessarily be that lineage of wrestling. There wouldn't necessarily be a Jim Cornette because he was a fan before he became a wrestler. You know, he was a photographer. Right. In some of the early days, you can see him when they show the Coliseum matches, you can see him like scurrying around the ring, trying to get snaps and everything. So, yeah, it's. I, I think it's... Um, just fun and wrestling should be fun. You know, nowadays everyone's worried about star quality and who's done what in the backstage area and who's doing what to who. And we should just concentrate on the in ring stuff, you know, because nowadays it's very different to what I'm watching from 19. I'm, I, at the minute, I'm watching 1984 Memphis, 1978 WWF, and I've just finished watching 1994 WWF. And they're all just completely different entities of wrestling. It's just absolute craziness. It, it, it is. You know, it's funny. I grew up um, in, I would probably say mid-80s WWF. I grew up on the East Coast of the United States in New Jersey. And so we we had a lot of WWF. Like WCW wasn't really a thing or WCCW, you know, WCCW wasn't a thing. Um, for us, like that was our territory per se, right? And it was, you know, it was a big deal, or whatnot. But watching Memphis was cool, 
and especially the way you do it, because I'm seeing like Rick Rude. I'm like, oh, Rick Rude existed before WWF, you know, or like you said, you know, yeah. beware, you know, he existed before WWF. It's like, it seems like, you know, we know the story Vince took over all the territories essentially, and then just grabbed the the, the best talent he thought and, and, you know, made them superstars in, in, in that, you know, WWF turned WWE, but it's neat to see where these guys got their start. It should be fun. When I was a kid, nine, 10 years old watching, I didn't think about anything but just watching the show. You know what I mean? There was some, you yeah. know, and for me, when I was that young, there was no internet and stuff. So it wasn't like you could, you know, you, you had magazines you could buy and the magazines would be like three, four months behind. But, you know, you could buy those and whatnot. And now I got a nine-year-old kid that's into the new product. So I'm I'm getting sucked into watching SmackDown and Raw with him. You know, the nice thing is we can we can forward stuff we don't want to watch because we always tape it, you know. Um, but I yeah. just have fun with him. Like I don't, you know, I, and he is into the classic stuff too, which is kind of neat. And he seeks it out now because of, you know, and he's like, Dad, I'm listening to the podcast now. And so I'm like, whoa, what is going on with you? You know what I mean? It's like he's way, way into it. Um, one of the things I do like about the format of your show is I like how you talk about what's going on in that week and all the different, you know, territories because it's still territories back then, right? Um, and I like how you call the matches like you're almost an extra commentator because, you know, you mentioned – you know what you say, like 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 late seventies WWF. You're you're watching right now. Um, it's yeah. a, it's amazing how much silence is in the commentary on those matches. Have you noticed that? Where it's like a good twenty thirty seconds and no one's saying anything. It's really it's really bizarre to be honest with you. So I like watching yeah, um, your show. Just... Go go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um. When I, I've got the the um footage from richard land uh he is a uh, wrestling historian over here he does a lot of work for ovp yep um, i think he works for conrad as well he does a lot of research and stuff and uh so i got the footage from him i don't have i had the network but i don't have it anymore so a lot of the footage that he's got i think most of it is on the network but some of his is a bit more uh untouched right and when vince was with antonina rocker there would be a lot of gaps and there was two of them there but Antonina's sort of, he was very, if you've ever watched later 80s wrestling with Bruno as a commentator, they're very much the same. They're just like, they won't say a lot. They'll get excited about certain moves. And then he dies in, I think, late 77. And then Vince is by himself. The stuff I'm watching now, Vince has been by himself. And yeah, it's like, there's there's just silence. Yeah. And sometimes you think, oh, Perhaps they've said something that's been edited out. You know, he's it's back in the day. He said something they've edited out, but there's no. There's just there's pure silence. It's but you, wild, you watch, right? um, yeah. But you watch like Mid Atlantic with Bob Coddle. You watch anything with Gordon Soley. They're by themselves, and there is no silence. There may be I don't know, a few seconds where something's happened in the ring, and they're sort of going uh, right, yeah, react to it. But there's no like. 10, 20 second silence where you just hear the crowd and those crowds at Hamburg in the late seventies are just like, Oh my God. They, I think the, I watched one recently. Just They're just sat on their hands. They're doing nothing. Yeah. And it's crazy to think in, in the WWF at that time in six years time, it's the start of Hulkamania and you cannot shut them up. Like yeah. the crowd are just going bananas and, um, but yeah, the comment I try and commentate. Um, and obviously, I've had 34 years' experience, I've sort of heard 
people. I kind of know the moves that they're doing. There's some of them, the names I struggle with sometimes, but I just try and give a perspective of like, if you're sat with me, if you'd say, if, if you were sitting here with me watching it, then we'd sort of have a chat about it or whatever, or go, you know, you'd sort of do a bit of commentary yourself. But yeah, I just try and add a bit to it because otherwise you're just sat there with audio playing and you're not talking. I'd sometimes, I'd, some of the Memphis footage I've got has been clipped. Um, I guess it was clipped back in the day for some reason, but there's, but there's a couple of episodes where it's just promos and you just sort of sat there just go, yep, right, yep, right, <laughs> yep. And, you, you, and then, but then you try and, create a picture because obviously you can't see what I'm watching. Right. You can if you watch it on the on YouTube, on YouTube or whatever. But if right, you don't right. if you just listen to my podcast, I just like, oh, if someone comes in and they attack such and such, I just try and add that bit of flavor to the promo because otherwise you're just sat there listening to a promo. Well and I like that how you do that because when I listen to your show, I'm either taking a walk or on my bike and I don't feel like I miss out. The other thing I think that you do really well is I can still hear the show and I can hear you. It's a really good balance. So it's yeah. like I'm not missing yeah. the show by you talking over it like you're talking with the show. And that's what's kind of neat because, you know, yeah. you know, you hear those shows and you can hear what's going on. It's cool. And then I feel like you fill in the gaps real well. Um, God, wouldn't it be such a – it'd be really interesting to hear you do something from late WWF where Vince isn't – talking at all and it'd be funny to hear you throwing all the gaps in to almost be like his partner doing the you know doing the the commentary yeah. together because there's so <laughs> yeah. i mean it's painful to listen to like i've caught some oh, of yeah. those shows and i'm just like my god there's like nothing going on and you could tell i mean there was a vision there's there's definitely a lot of vision in the late 80s mid 80s late 80s where it became more sports entertainment per se right and and you know i just took my kid to a show last year and i was blown away because i went to a show and i was a kid with my dad he didn't want anything to do with wrestling but he just took me because you know he was a good dad um but you know i just get into it with my kid because i just i see how happy he is and it's crazy like what a spectacle it is now like how it's so interactive it's like the super bowl you're talking about the super bowl on your show you know and, and whatnot it's just it's so interactive and it's amazing where it's come from and i think it's uh I think it's pretty cool in a way, man. I, I get why the, the older li people don't like the shows, but I see why the younger people do. Um, do you watch the current product at all or no? Um, I don't watch it. I think – do we have it on TV here? Yeah, I think you have to put it on a different – on a different. it's not on Sky Sports anymore. It's on like BT Sports. Um, but obviously we're getting it on Netflix January, which is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'll sit there on a Tuesday morning and just sort of go through what happened on Raw. Thursday morning, I'll go through and see what happened on Dynamite or whatever. I don't watch it. I went to uh, AEW, came here for All In, All Out, back in August in Wembley. Um, oh, that huge went, show they did, right? Yeah. Purely yeah. went for the experience. Um I knew who everyone was. I sort of knew I'd, I'd sort of been watching a couple of weeks before just so I knew sort of storylines or whatever. Um, but you can, you can sometimes catch what's happening by a 30 second clip on Twitter, which is okay. Right. Um, but yeah, all, I think it was all in. Yeah. But that was really good. Um, I've never been to a live WWF show. Um, I've been to lo local wrestling we have around here. Yeah. But the biggest show I'd ever been to is probably 500, 700 people. Oh wow! Um, 
to then go to to Wembley is like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, like and ninety thousand, we eighty thousand, something like that. That yeah, yeah, yeah it was. We were sort of middle of Wembley. If you've ever seen Wembley, we were sort oh, yeah. of in the middle, sort of in a ring. Um, we were, uh, you could feel the heat from the flames. They had flames like coming through on the entranceway. You could feel the heat of them coming from like there. Yeah. Um, but you, but you were a little bit too far away that you were sort of trying to watch what's happening in the ring. But you also, we had the big screens quite near us as well, so you could watch from the screens. But it's bizarre because obviously I watch wrestling, old wrestling. I'm always listening to commentary, but you could sort of hear the comment. Obviously, you you couldn't hear what they were saying, but you could sort of hear in your mind the commentary going on. It was just sure. really bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a fun. It was a great show. The the atmosphere was great. You know, the spectacle of it all. Um, but then. They had it on free TV two weeks later, and it was just totally different to watch it on telly than to be. Than, you know, obviously you could remember everything that happened, but you're just like, oh, that just so, that, at points the crowd seemed on telly. The crowd seemed dead, but there it was just constant noise. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the same experience people have if they go to like, like a WWE show or whatever. I don't know. Um, it might have been because it was outside and the audio of outside and everything, you know, if it was in a, in a, in a stadium, not a stadium, sorry, an arena, right. it might have sounded different, but yeah, it was, it was very bizarre watching it on telly thinking the crowd were really loud for that. Why is that not coming across on TV? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you watch the old stuff and apart from the, apart from the, the mid seventies, WWE, the crowd are just loud all the time, yeah. especially with that studio wrestling. Um, there's a lot of been there's been a lot of talk you know, over the years when I think the NWA did it early 2020s or something whenever they did it and everyone wanted it back and then people were like oh no but it doesn't it doesn't look good it doesn't sound good yeah but if they can you just need a little bit of something to bring the memories back because there is like you said there's people you've got your son who's nine watching it you've watching it you know in some families you've then got you know, other grandparents watching it, they, they, you just need a bit of something to bring it all together. Yeah. And with your modern style wrestling and then your old school studio wrestling, that would be a great mix, but no one seems to want to bring it back anymore for some reason. Yeah. It's weird because I, I remember watching NWA, you know, in the, in the eighties and, you know, seeing those, you know, cause there couldn't have been any, what more than what, two, 300 people in those studio tapings. I mean, there were there wasn't big crowds, but it just seemed like the no, crowd. I think was... A lot of the time, they were three sides because I think obviously one side they had, yeah, production, yeah. In the, the the Memphis shows, there's only there's only basically two sides of the ring that have got people on them, right? But those crowds were loud, and when they were into it <laughs> yeah. to the point where you couldn't even hear the the promos being cut because the crowds would be so loud. It was like that it was a magic time, you know, back then. It was, you know, not saying it isn't today, and you know, trying to compare today is like apples and oranges. You know, there's so much difference is in between the shows. You know, um, so you took if I if I remember correctly, you took over the Monday Night Raw from Joe and Quinn after they stopped. Is that correct? Like you kind of like yes. took the torch over and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I I asked Joe just to double check if he, if he was alright with it. He he couldn't care less. It's yeah, like, yeah, and, you know, just be just beware. It's uh, it's unbearable at times and it wasn't it wasn't that bad actually yeah i was going to ask you about that too because you're in are you're in 94 now right for raw 
Yeah, I've just recorded um just recorded King of the Ring ninety four, which is my I'm I'm now leaving the WWF. I'm going um to WCW. Just it, it but it's totally different. The I think I've been doing it over a year now. I think I started just after King of the Ring ninety three. And it has changed in that small period. Um obviously we've lost Bobby Heenan. Um we've gained sort of a few more superstars. It has there's something has changed that's not quite as enjoyable. Right. Um I, I don't know what it is, but there's something if you sort of go back the last six months, there's something that's not been quite right. But they're still in they're still not using raw as raw we know now. You know, there's still storylines happening on superstars. You're still getting major name versus major name on wrestling challenge whereas on raw you're getting major name versus enhancement talent and some of those enhancement talents aren't that bad um i think a couple of weeks ago i had matt hardy against nikolai volkov yeah sounds horrible but it's a very young it's i think matt hardy's probably only been wrestling a year or so maybe um we had razor ramon versus jeff hardy who was wrestling as keith davis um Razor Ramon sort of treated Jeff Hardy a little bit sort of uh, a little rough, roughly. I think the word is, but or yeah. stiffly, if you want to call it stiffly. Stiff, right? Yeah, but, from um, I think, yeah. <laughs> but I think they were being brought in by um, George South or the no, was it Italian Stallion? I think the Italian Stallion may have been. He was like in charge of like certain areas of talent of um, enhancement talent. And he wrestled himself a few weeks ago, but he used a different name. And I sort of sat there going, that's the Italian Stallion. It's like, and his, I forget what his name was, but obviously in WCW, he was an enhancement talent a couple of years earlier as the Italian Stallion. So I guess they had to change his name. But yeah, I'm going on to um, WCW Saturday night from, I'm doing January to July, 1996. Okay. Coming up. Um, I'm doing so. I'm going to. I'm starting January the first, and then I think the last one's going to be July. It's going to be like the Saturday night before Ash at the Beach '96. So okay. We're looking at WCW before the whole explosion of NWO. Now, let me ask you this: So you've been doing shows, you know, you've been podcasting for a while now. Um, is is WWF like early '90s, late '80s your favorite? Or, you know, because it's where you have your memories from or since you've been doing all these different shows, do you have a favorite time period now or a favorite promotion? I still think uh, late 80s to early 90s WWF is my favorite. Um, I grew obviously I became a fan in 1990, but then that allowed me to uh, watch tapes. Um, so I'd watch WrestleMania 4. Um, religiously, we had the, the the big double the double stack tape. Yeah. Um, friend uh, neighbors of Manans had Sky, so they would tape every event that they would they could get. Eighty eight to ninety two is probably my favorite. I think um, that's why um, I would enjoy OVP because they sort of when they were doing stuff, they were doing that mid sort of that golden age, if you will. Yeah. Um, GFA are doing it, but yeah, that's. 92 and 96, I think, is a bit meh. Yeah, I agree. The whole sort of changing of the guard with Hogan. And I'm, I, I, I don't really, I'm not really, don't really care what he does. Well, I, I do care what he does outside of the ring, but I try and focus Hulk Hogan as 
the yellow and red in the ring. You know, the, what he does outside is exactly. purely down to him. Yeah. Um, I remember watching Earthquake squashing Hulk Hogan and crying. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think I think it was the Hulkamania. That was a Hulkamania Forever video, um, where they had like the dramatic music and everything. Um, did I write? I can't remember if I wrote him a letter or not because I know they had that big. Um, yeah, with with or write him a letter with tugboat and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I did. Um, I wrote a letter when the when Owen Hart passed away. I wrote a letter to and sent her like a sympathy card to the Hearts in like 1999, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely 88 to 92, and then I'd probably go sort of 96 to 99. I know it's cliche because it's the Attitude Era, but um, the shows that Joe and Quinn are now covering on their Patreon, they're now on 97 sort of early 97 pay per views. Um, I can. As as I, as I'm watching it, I can sort of see it in my mind's eye of like Philip Lafon and Doug Furness and all that kind of stuff. It's you know, bring them. That's great to bring them back memories. For sure, for sure. Do you have um, do you have a favorite match of all time, or maybe like a top three or something? One that like for me, like Savage Steamboat WrestleMania three is probably one of my favorite matches of all time. Do you have one that you, that can come to your mind where you're like, this is just like a an amazing match that you were just glued, hooked on. Uh, Savage Warrior from Seven. Um, a few months ago, I just did a one-off. Um, I like to just do one-offs occasionally and just sort of cover a different show that I'm fond of. I did WrestleMania Seven, and um, Savage Warrior is great. Um, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin from WrestleMania Thirteen. Right. Um, is awesome. But then, uh, then there's sort of you get your. Everyone talks about sort of Foley Taker from King of the Ring ninety eight. You get all your, you get then convoluted with ones that are actually better than that. Like it's, it's not great, but I'm a fan of like Mankind versus Undertaker, the Boiler and Brawl. Mm-hmm. And because I was, I didn't get to see sort of hardcore wrestling. So when you see that when you're ten years old, you think, oh, this is actually pretty cool. You know, they're smashing each other with bits and pieces and doing sure. backstage stuff. Um, yeah, I'm a, and I'm a fan of like multi-man matches as well. I know people aren't a fan of like the World War Threes from WCW, but when you didn't necessarily watch weekly television every week, those kind of matches brought a whole load of talent to you in a short space of time. Like Royal Rumbles, Survivor Series. I'm a big fan of sort of those. You know, obviously '92 Royal Rumble is amazing. Um, 90s good as well and then after 92 they sort of peter out again for a few years but yeah there's there's a few matches that i enjoy and could watch you know numerous times yeah absolutely i, I was i'm always like asking that question to, to you know wrestling fans like what 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 are the ones that you really dig and it's so hard because there's so many wrestlers over time i think it depends on when you got hooked is where maybe is your favorite point of time in wrestling um just so people know, uh, give 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 my audience an idea of what it's like to run a podcast. Like, what, what's uh, you know how, how hard is it to do? I mean, you're a one man show essentially. Like, give give the listeners a little peek behind the curtain on on what it is to produce and uh, put together a podcast. Yeah, um, I'm a one man show. I record, I put together, um, I use um, OBS Studio to record. Um, I use Audacity. Audacity. 
audacity yeah um i use that for editing um yeah i record um my wife works nights she works sort of a mixture of days and nights so when she works nights i then record um i try and get as far ahead as i can and you just sort of yeah you just sort of i've i've got a nice microphone now from um amazon i've had it for a couple of years now and it's as far as I'm aware, it's pretty good quality from what I can hear. Um, I get um, sort of audio kind of tips from Joe because uh, he's great at sort of doing audio and all oh, that yeah. kind of um, yeah, he is. faffing about, as we call it here in the UK. Um, if I've got any trouble, you know, if I've got any um, issues, I sort of Facebook him and just go, am I doing this right? And that's sort of how I've got the um, audio levels right. Um I try. I hope that I'm coming across clearly. Oh, you absolutely um, are. From what I've, yeah, from what I've been told, you know, everyone likes my my jolly British accent and uh, <laughs> mushy peas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fish, chicken. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you just sort of put it together, and then you just hope for the best that people listen. Um, I get feedback occasionally from people. I try and share it on Twitter and. Um, different groups and facebook you just got to try and catch people's so you have to try and work it out because i'm here in the uk and you guys are five to eight hours behind and then obviously you've got europe who are ahead you've got to try and figure out when to get it released so yeah. it kind of hits you know i need to sort of make sure you guys are awake first before i then release it and all that kind of stuff so it's a bit tricky but like i said i enjoy doing it when i stop enjoying it then i kind of stop doing it really you know it's just one of them things but yeah you know some people have buttons and knobs and whistles and bells and i try and just press record and you know if there's a bit of music i want playing i'll just put it on and record it i try and um keep silences down to a minimum um i forget who told me once some, someone said once that sort of you don't want too much silence because people will think that you're not engaged or whatever so like we said before with the the commentary back in the 70s um you know if, if there's silence then i'm you know is the person doing it bored right you know so i try and cut everything to a minimum um i like to have uh, a happy song at the end uh, which is why i've got i've brought it back now for memphis um tulips from amsterdam just a happy song just to think you know you've, you've sat there you've had the you've sat there and listened for an hour or so hopefully you've enjoyed it is a bit of you know is a last sort of couple of minutes of perkiness before we all have to go back into a you know a, a not nice world really you know yeah. i try and give a bit of pleasure to people you know for an hour or so once a week or twice a week whatever mondays and saturdays because you know people are going through things or you just go on twitter and get depressed or you look at the news and you get depressed and you just think oh hang on. you know um music does it for me i've um I've suffered from depression and everything in the past. But sometimes you think I don't want to listen to a podcast because the person listening to it, the person doing it is a bit depressing, if you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I listened to uh, between the sheets with uh, Chris Selner and David Bixenspan and they, um, they just bicker sometimes a bit too much. And you just think, you know, just, you just know what enjoy what you're doing you know you're, you're talking about the past you're talking about wrestling from the past all right they're using stuff from dave Meltzer and other people yeah you know, um sheets just enjoy what you're doing you don't know 
is sometimes there's a bit too much delving into who Louis we, we said this earlier, there's a bit too much of delving and who said what behind the scenes. Who cares? You know, as long as you're watching, you know, nineteen ninety five WCW and Kevin Sullivan's there, you know, being the dungeon master or whatever, who cares what's happening backstage? You know, I am entertained by Kevin Sullivan, you know, in his deep, thick Boston accent having to go at Hulk Hogan. You know, I don't care that Hulk Hogan went that's not going to work for me today, brother. You know, just enjoy it. And it's just what we need, you know, just a little bit of enjoyment. If I feel blue, I'll listen to some music or I'll put on OVP or I'll put on Greetings from Allentown because within 10 minutes, Keithy has done an impression or <laughs> of the honky Peter's, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Peter's dropped a Soprano reference and I'm laughing my head off. Yep. And, you know, that's just what we need, at, you know, in this day and age <laughs> i agree with you it's kind of cool it's like you brought up some good points i think for podcasters starting out too it's you know the one thing with the sheet show is like i like it for the history part of it but mm. i forget which it's um i forget which host it is but the one that it's like he yawns all the time during the show yeah and i'm like dude either do this when you like are awake or there's a mute button man you know or like just edit it like it's just it, it makes me feel like he's he's not into it you know and a lot of times it'll be like you know the other the other co-host will give like a good insight and he'll be like yeah 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 and i'm like i'm like why are you not expanding upon that there's no give or take like quinn and and joe there's good give or take you know pete and keith he's good give and take and i think that's what makes a podcast cool and those guys got me laughing i remember when i started getting into you know greetings um, I laughed at all the Karate Kid 2 stuff they were doing. That made me just laugh my head off and, you know, because I grew up watching the Karate Kid movies. And there's just a lot of cool pop references. And I love those two, those two shows, especially. Those are shows I like listening to if I want to laugh and, and whatnot. And I, I, yours, I love for that historical content of watching where people came from, like all these guys I grew up like watching. I'm like, oh, they started here to start there. And you keep the show moving too, which I really appreciate because there's people that don't. So um, let's plug everything real quick before I let you go. And I super enjoyed this conversation. Um, where can people find you? And uh, let's promote what you got going on real quick. So you can find me on Twitter uh, at Old Bakery Pro. Uh, I changed it a while ago just so I could encompass everything I do, not just Memphis. Um, so each and every Saturday, you've got the UK's number one and only Memphis Wrestling Lad podcast, the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast, available on all good podcast suppliers. Uh, Mondays, uh, you've got Hamburg All Stars, where I'm covering WWF from 1979, and then. The following Monday, it'll be Monday Night Project, um, covering as as of as of recording nineteen ninety four WWF. It, we are going I think the middle of March. I think I'm going over to WCW. Um, so one week is Hamburg, one week is um, Monday Night Project, and then every month I do a monthly special called Pure Wrestle Passion, where I watch Japanese wrestling. Um, I'm a big fan of Japanese wrestling. Oh, like, I don't mind the newer stuff, but the older stuff I much more enjoy. Um, I was going to do another weekly show, but the TV was like all Japan wrestling from like the 70s. And I've, I don't understand a word of Japanese, so I don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a little difficult. If there's a storyline in there. Yeah, if, yeah, you got, don't if know. there's a storyline in there, I've got no idea what they're talking about. So right, right. I just watch the month. I pick a few, maybe two or three matches and do that every month as well. Um, Again, that's only started 
I think the second episode came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, again, that's getting ears and eyes on different things. So, um, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's all I got really. Yeah, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I really did enjoy the conversation. It's always it's always cool for me to talk to a fellow podcaster and and you know let my audience know what it's like to be a podcaster and how you choose you know what you choose to podcast about and what goes into it and so i, I learned a lot today and I, I definitely know my listeners did too um thanks again for coming on the show i super appreciate it and uh hopefully some of my listeners will listen to your podcast after the yes, uh after the episode. thank you very much eric yeah absolutely man have yourself a great day right yes and you